Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit and welcome to our coffee special. This week we discuss all things coffee and caffeine, we get into all the exciting science and how caffeine can boost your performance and how coffee itself can improve general health and well-being. We've got a really special guest with us this week in Duncan who's the owner of Cannibal Coffee, a UK based coffee company that holds the title of having the strongest coffee in the UK. Now that's in terms of caffeine content, not the actual taste. A little about Duncan and the brand. Duncan launched Cannibal Coffee in 2018 after he left the British Army Artillery, but it was in Afghanistan 2012 where Duncan was exposed to the world of good, strong black coffee by the Danish forces he was working with. He then went on to learn to roast in 2017 at the Winchester Coffee School. He then started roasting at home but soon realised he needed to scale the business so he joined forces with Bean Press Coffee and together they roast and ship from the state-of-the-art roastery near Blanford in England. While Cannibal do hold the title of having the strongest coffee in the UK, they do have a wide range of products, so that includes less caffeinated blends, but still having that same great taste, and they also do nootropics and powdered greens, so basically more health products. I just want to stress though that this is not a sponsored podcast or anything, we just truly believe this is a great product, and if you've heard our previous episodes, you'll know that if we don't like a product, we certainly do say it in a somewhat colourful fashion. And as we get more into the podcast, we'll explain why we're such fans of coffee in general, and this particular brand. Anyway, that's enough from me, so let's get into this week's episode. Hello boys, welcome back. Good evening everyone. Hiya. And welcome. Welcome Duncan, how are you? Hi guys, thanks for having me on. Big fan of the podcast and I'm doing alright, thanks. Obviously, from the intro, you probably have heard, I would have told you all about Duncan in the intro that I've not recorded yet, but you all have heard all about Duncan. So we'll get straight into it then. Obviously, this is about coffee this episode. Wait, let's first off, let's big elephant oh, no. in the room. Okay. What's this? Bill is 15 minutes late to the podcast, kept our special guest waiting for a full 15 minutes. Disgraceful, because Bill Disgusting. normally sits on here from about four o'clock in the afternoon, ready to go, <laughs> critiquing our shit. All right, so well, no, you, um, let's make you it known. You were talking the other day about trying to get a sponsor. I guess it's not going to be AirPods now Fuck after the technical it. issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't. Yeah, oh, tell you what, I was erupting about five minutes ago. Uh, yeah, they were. That, and I'll tell you now. Do you know what makes it even worse? I've only got noise coming out of one ear, so it's uh, oh, the best I'm going to get. It's, do you know what? You gave me shit about my AirPods as well, didn't you? Once you gave me shit about being yeah, white, yours, didn't you? Yeah, but your, yours are from B and M. Okay, yours is creamed in just as much as mine. I mean, Bill, it's just a rookie mistake. You should know by now. Just go cable. Go yeah. cable. Wireless all is not cable. The, the, the yeah, way. all cable, no problems. I did order some new ones today. They are coming tomorrow, so this problem will be rectified by next week. Listen, you need to reject modernism and embrace tradition. Go with a nice wired, you know, a nice wired headphone. Welcome to the podcast, Duncan, where we just uh, <laughs> talk about headphones. Um, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> um, right, let's, let's let's get into coffee then. So I've got, I've got actually got some coffee here, Cannibal Coffee, which is. Uh, I'm going to go in. I've got I've had, I've had it black because I thought if I have milk with it, it's going to kind of ruin the um, ruin the natural the natural taste of it. Taste, so I've made it. Uh, taste is personal, guys. I don't, well, of I don't course, judge. it's subjective. Yeah, of course it is. But um, so I've gone for 25 grams of uh, the ground coffee with 250 ml of water. How how's that sound? Does that sound about right? Well, it sounds like you probably won't be sleeping till the early hours. You, I'll be editing it until the early morning. Yeah. Till the early morning. Fine. Uh, well, there you go. Done. Ideal. If you, if you go to bed early, then it's not a good idea. Right, lads, I'm just going to go do a uh, 10k run. I'll be back in about five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. I mean, I think it. I think it's. T- t- what surprises me is how strong it is when you actually read how much caffeine's in it, and how it still tastes really nice. Like you'd expect it to taste. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. You just expect it to taste like really, you know, like a strong liquor when you have like a an alcoholic drink. If you have like a weak one, you're like, okay, it tastes quite fruity. It's nice. If you have a strong liquor, you're like, oh, that's a bit strong. I expected that with the coffee, but it's kind of it's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know we'll probably get more into how coffee's made uh, in a bit, but um, yeah, they, I think there's a whole misconception of what strong is with coffee, whether it's caffeine or whether it's like that kind of dark, bitter, burnt taste that some people associate with strong coffee. So we're always having to. Um, Try and clarify that for customers. Mm. I know Andy knows about strong coffee, don't you? Uh, yeah, Andy, you love like, a strong coffee. Fat dick. Oh my god. Sorry, I I I'm a hundred percent English right now, and I right. drink what the tea uh, the Queen drinks, and that is pure <laughs> and like mega PG tips. Simple. Okay. Like, there's there's no issue with it with that, but but tea doesn't really taste of anything. It's just like hot water. No, you're right. It's, 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 if you drink it, I can I can hear the national anthem. That's what tea <laughs> does for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. Traditionally, the queen is more like a tea person, but theoretically, and Duncan, maybe you can give your thoughts on this. Theoretically, how better would our queen be if she actually used cannonball coffee? I mean, I'd, I'd vote for her. <laughs> I'd vote for her. Just, oh, well. <laughs> I've got yeah, some. Political now. <laughs> I've got some statistics here, and it says that the Queen is four hundred and seventy-eight years old, and the reason she's lived so long is because of PG tips. Now, if she can live that long, I'm doing the same. Sorry, guys, you're out. Addy, you talk. You talk about longevity of life, there, mate. We're going to get into the health benefits of coffee later on, so don't start jumping the gun yet. All right, we're going to we're going to talk about. But no, do you even try the coffee, Andy? Uh, try no, the bag, so, the, the so basically, I got um, the the coffee bags. Yeah, the bags are good. And do you know cool. what? I was actually quite impressed with them. Um, they're all gone, so I gave my father-in-law. <laughs> I was like, no, I give my father. He loves coffee, so I was like, try one of these. Let me know what you think, because I still I want to like see what people liked about it. And and he loves his coffee, and he was mega impressed with it. And to be honest, he's quite a hard man to impress. So I tip my hat to that definitely for you. Um, that and so with the day that he that he stayed, he had five of them. Um, so yeah, he what? thoroughly enjoyed them. Yeah, he was banging them down. Duncan, how strong are the bags? Are they what's the caffeine content of them? Well, so the bags there's only about eight grams of coffee in the bag, so it, it is lower, and it's a blend of a couple of beans. So the one that you've just tried, Bill, is the the robusta coffee. So that's over double the caffeine of regular coffee. Good luck, Bill. Um, whereas the the bags are like a fifty fifty blend, so it's got a bit of an extra punch to it. Haven't had them lab tested, unlike the coffee that you've tried, um, but I'd estimate probably about eighty milligrams. So. Yeah, I so think he, that's similar to a Red Bull. Yeah, so he yeah he enjoyed it. He did say that there wasn't that sort of caffeine kick to it, but he said like it was just smooth. And when he like smashed half the pack that you gave me, I was like, okay, well you must be right. Uh, all the lads in the office had one. Um, they finished it off, and they were like mega impressed with it. I mean, like really impressed. So yeah, all round good work. It's just really convenient, isn't it? Really, I, I always I think of it as like an exercise thing. I mean, for our military listeners, oh. they'll know all about exercise with the, the the bags of coffee. I think that's kind of it's perfect for them, isn't it? Or people are on the go and they want to quickly just chuck a bag of coffee into a into like a little I don't know little travel mug or something. I think that's quite handy. And I thought we were trying to placebo you, Andy, into thinking it was tea, but obviously you didn't want to. No, no, you yeah, didn't no. want to take on the placebo. Oh, no, it's strong as fucking out. As soon as you cold out, you, you could just never like coffee and no, just no i'm just not man enough i'm, I'm gonna be honest uh, just, not, <laughs> just definitely not man enough uh i think i had a coffee once and i saw the inside of my own brain um and it's a scary place so <laughs> no yeah, it's like because um, everyone's um seems to have a different caffeine tolerance as yeah. well so that might be part of it i do like caffeine but yeah it's just i don't know coffee's just so i because my missus drinks like a bit of a mix of like 
coffee chocolate type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to say coffee tea then. Yeah. No, rats are. Um, <laughs> ah, a toffee. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sit. Maybe many, Maybe when I become an adult, maybe I'll... Uh, brilliant. Yeah. What do you mean brilliant? Tom on the other hand, though, you love coffee, don't you, Tom? Do you want to, do you want to tell us about your recent think, uh, uh, overdose? <laughs> uh, right. I will, but let's start with like a, a nice beginning first before we get into that. Uh, I mean, yeah, so... What I basically got here was I got Cannonball Coffee's maximum charge. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> when I, I mean, first impressions when I got out of the packaging was, you know, the, the packaging itself is really swanky. You know, I mean, it's not like when you buy like a pack of, you know, a bag of Harrogate coffee from, you know, Sainsbury's. It's that flimsy tinfoilness. You know, it's got a, a nice design to it. It's got that kind of packaging where it feels like, like I said, it's got a thick waxiness to it. It's not like crumpled up tin foil, so you know straight away like it's got really nice packaging. Um, one thing I do like about this actually is straight away it actually has the label on it. So yeah, caution, high ca- caffeine content, which um, as you're about to find out, I actually found out later on. Um, straight away it tells you know it's like a, it's a medium grind. Um, something I particularly like about this is that it does say the date of when it was roasted. And it's actually written in pen as well, which I like even more because that's quite personal. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like it's come off of like some automated robot factory, you know, coffee facility. It actually feels quite personal. Someone's yeah, actually it's like it's someone has said, made it, has yeah. gone, finished touch, here you go. Like, yeah, this like is more or less giving it to you, yeah. You know, and here you go. And uh, yeah, actually, this was actually, this was roasted uh, at the beginning of this month, actually. So yeah, super fresh. And it's just that little tiny thing there that I, I really, really, really like. Um, so at first, I wasn't aware there was all different kind of products you did in regards to the coffee. So I wasn't aware that maximum charge was, according to caffeineinformer.com, um, the fifth strongest coffee on the planet, but also <laughs> the number one strongest coffee in the UK. It would have been nice if Bill had told me that beforehand. Now, uh, <laughs> there was instructions on your website how to brew this particular coffee. Um, <laughs> so it's not like, you know, the instructions are wrong. I was the one that was in the wrong. I have no idea how it happened, but I, I kind of like mixed up the dose. Um, so just to, I don't want to kind of like shortcut to the sciencey stuff here, but usually in regards to ergogenic effects, like the benefits of caffeine on exercise, it's recommended to be three to six milligrams of caffeine per kilo of body weight. Now, for me at my size, that's between 500 to 600 milligrams. Um, once again, I don't know how I got to this number. Some things are best left unknown. It was an unthinking moment. But I later found out I accidentally had... 1,200 milligrams of caffeine. Fucking hell. Um, as I said, it was an unthinking moment. Some things are best left unexplained. Math is not my forte. Uh, I think what it was was like I had to deal with milligrams on my scales, but then I had to deal with milliliters as well. And, you know, combining those two just kind of like sent me into an overload. So you must have um, just used half the packet when you brewed it. Yeah, in hindsight, looking at it now, it's probably halfway. Fuck's sake. This was like taking a speedball. Uh, so I actually had the coffee, and about, you know, roughly an hour later, I said to my missus, Look, I'm going to go out for a walk because I'm starting to feel a bit jittery. Ah, I'm getting way too ahead of myself here. So I've always been Billy Big Bollocks, and I've always told people, Look, I drink caffeine every day. I have about six coffees every day. I'm caffeine insensitive. Caffeine just doesn't affect me anymore. Um, as we found out, that's actually not true. Um, it's far from true because I went out for my 
active recovery walk. I came back. Uh, I picked up my day sack loaded with 20 kilos. And I was like, I, I, I need to go out. Like, I really need to go out now. And before I know it, I actually did a personal best RFT spontaneously. And this was whilst fasted as well. Um, so, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I, I did like a personal best on the, yeah, the maximum charge coffee. Um, and then the next couple of days, I, I kind of just like... I don't. I don't know what happens within those next couple of days. It's all <laughs> really you, uh, jittery what's to the me. Phrase? Is it seeing seeing sounds? Is I was seeing like sounds. sounds. I like that. Have you ever seen like fear and loathing in Las Vegas? It was like yeah. that, but with coffee. So you know, <laughs> I was I was in backcountry. I was in shit state. So yeah, there's me giving it the large saying, "Yeah, caffeine don't affect me." And I took this, and it was like a scene in Pulp Fiction where I'm just like on the floor, and Andy's there with an epipen. Like, do I stab him three times? And Straight Bill's there panicking. Uh, so yeah, I can say this does what it suggests on the pack. I mean, um, these are great sound bites for marketing. So gonna have yeah, to get that I'm, as a testimonial. I mean, if you want, I could get out the cardiogram of my heart rate, and uh, yeah. I could put that up here. <laughs> I'll put that on Instagram. <laughs> But yeah, this, I, I honest to God, um, this, I, I think you do have a customer in me because, uh, yeah, this actually did something that I've not experienced in a very long time since being introduced to caffeine. For honest to God, I've not had, a, had an effect like that from caffeine in about six to seven years. Uh, that was, that was awesome. Let's get into how how this coffee's actually made then, because I actually had someone message me before this went before we actually started recording saying how do they make that coffee so strong? They were like really intrigued to how because people just assume that coffee is one strength you, you you make it and it just comes out that that strength and obviously you've got this the the, the most you got the strongest coffee in the UK according to Caffeine Reformer. So do you wanna do you wanna tell us how this coffee is actually made? Yeah, so it mostly comes down to the type of bean that that goes into it. So coffee. For those that aren't familiar, it grows on uh, on shrubs around the equator, and kind of like wine, where the, where it grows gives it different characteristics. And there's different types of these shrubs, like different species and different um, like varieties. And um, broadly speaking, there are two main types of coffee. So you've got arabica, which you might have heard, you might have seen like instant coffee says 100% arabica, and then you've got robusta coffee. Robusta coffee gets a bit of a bad rep. It's not generally seen as 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 good as Arabica and um, quite often they don't taste that nice on their own but it does have between 1.8 and 3 times as much caffeine as Arabica so you will find Robusta beans put into blends of coffee um, to kind of give it a bit more punch and it also produces the crema that you'll see on top of the coffee at places like Costa so those those, so part of it is choosing the right bean then once you've got the right bean it's how you roast it so the evidence kind of suggests that the longer you roast the coffee, the more caffeine you roast out of it. So a darker roasted coffee, whilst it will taste really strong because it's got that kind of like carbony flavour from being yeah. roasted, I, I liken it to like burning toast. If you if you burn toast, you taste like the carbon from from the toast. The same with coffee. So if you roast it for longer, you get that kind of like dark bitter taste, but it doesn't necessarily mean more caffeine. Also, oh, the stronger the taste of the coffee, potentially less caffeine. If it's the same. If you're talking about the same bean. But but the reason that a lot of brands will do the darker roast is so you can't taste the coffee itself. So so with all those like coffee trees around the world and and, and the the coffee they produce, it's broken down into two categories. So you've got speciality coffee and commodity coffee. 
Okay, so speciality coffees like the really posh, fancy stuff where they grow it to taste a certain way. So you see on a bag of coffee, it will say like, oh, this one has notes of apple or caramel or whatever. That's because it's a, like a, a expensive coffee bean. Whereas commodity coffee is what goes into like Nescafe Instant. And that's like grown in vast, vast quantities. And all it serves to do is produce a drink that is brown and has some caffeine in it. That makes sense. So one of those cheap coffees on its own, if you roast it medium, would taste pretty rough. So they roast it darker, so you taste more of the roasting as opposed to opposed to the bean. And I think part of the issue in the UK with our understanding of coffee is we grow up drinking instant and pretty naff coffee. And it makes us think, maybe this is why Andy doesn't like coffee, it makes us think coffee has to taste a certain way and be a bit bitter, and it's why we mostly drink it with milk and sugar. Whereas actually when you start experimenting with some of these speciality beans that have been like really carefully produced, like black coffee can taste really nice. Yeah. That's a very long-winded answer to a short question. You just basically slagged me off and said I'm uneducated. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you must sip from the cafetiere. Yeah, no, I think you just, yeah, you might have just been given shit coffee and yeah. therefore you yeah. don't like it, yeah. not knowing. It's like, you know, think about craft beer and, and that, you know, if you'd only ever drunk Foster's yeah, yeah, yeah. Carling, you thought that's what all beer tasted like, but then you try some of these really nice craft beers in the little 330 milliliter cans and you're like, oh, wow, that that beer tastes like jam donuts or whatever it might be. There's so much more you can do with it if you you use better and better coffee beans. I mean, that's actually really fascinating because that's actually cleared up a massive misconception that I believed in because I always believed in, oh, if the coffee tastes strong, then surely it's going to have a more powerful caffeinated effect to it. And uh, as you said, that's not quite true. And... um, it That's might well do though, Tom. Just just so. Ah, not, so there's a caveat so to that, okay. be- because it might be using these robusta beans, which are ah, highly see, caffeinated. Okay. So it's still going to be a, like a strong coffee. Understood. But if you've got that high caffeine bean, yeah. If you roast it a bit lighter, there should be more caffeine retained yeah. in it. If that makes sense. But doesn't necessarily mean that just because it does taste completely strong and burnt, it's not necessarily doesn't automatically going to mean straight away that it is going to be high caffeine. That's that's correct. So yeah. when you see like strength six in a supermarket or yeah. strength five, it just means it's a dark roast. It's just a bit of a marketing yeah. way that they use. Because another reason why I asked that is, so when I first got this coffee, so when, when I first, uh, you know, took the maximum charge, I've, I saw it says, oh, high caffeine content. So straight away, I was thinking this is going to taste strong, strong, mm. strong, what I'm expecting, burnt. And it's, it's actually, you know, it's really smooth. Uh, as I said, for like, considering I was on what, like 1,200 milligrams of caffeine, I was expecting to taste <laughs> like acid, and it wasn't. It was actually really, really smooth, where I could go and have like a really low-quality freeze-dried coffee yeah. that may, it may taste really strong because I'm getting that, that bitterness that some cheap coffees have, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know, going to be highly caffeinated for performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was, this was really smooth, really, really surprising. No, it, t- it took us a while to find the beans, so we sampled quite a few Robusta coffees from, from different parts of the world. Um, and some of them, honestly, it's like drinking an ashtray that's had hot water tipped into <laughs> it. Like, and, and that's why they have a bad rep. Like Some of them do taste really bad, but we managed to find one that's uh, grown in Rwanda. That, that tastes pretty decent. Is there also a difference? So I think we spoke before about off-air about the brewing process. So does that make... Because obviously when people make instant coffee, you literally throw a spoon in, 
put your milk, whatever, boiling water over the top, mix it. There you go. But obviously, with ground coffee, there's there's, there's more of a brewing. Does that brewing process make a massive difference to taste, or is it just a? What you mean in terms of instant versus ground, or just if you've got ground coffee and how if you've got you... ground coffee, how would you? I mean, obviously, instant. There's only one way of doing it, isn't there? Really, but I mean, with ground coffee, is there? Is, can you not just pour a bit in and just hope for the best, or is there? Is there... <laughs> you, you can. Um, right. I mean, look, I could bore you to tears for hours about this. So I'll try and be brief, but um, yeah, you can just add hot water to ground coffee give it a few minutes and the grinds will sink to the bottom and you, you can drink okay. it. It's not okay. ideal. Isn't that like a Turkish coffee, isn't that what uh, that's called cow That's called cowboy coffee. Turkish coffee is where they use a really, really fine grind right. and they kind of like simmer it in, in a pan and then they pour it into a cup and, and let it settle. So that's, oh. that's one way of doing it, but using ground coffee. But, but generally with ground coffee, there's a few different ways of doing it. So one of them involves filtering it through a paper filter so that would be like a drip filter machine or one of those little pour overs that you might see people doing. Yeah. So with that, the, pa- the paper filter is going to take some of the oils out of the coffee. So it's going to taste a bit cleaner. Or you can do something called immersion where that's like a cafetiere where you're keeping the water and the coffee together and then, and then plunging it. So with that, there's going to be like a bit more um, like dissolved solids. So it will taste like a bit heavier in, in your mouth. So those, those sort of two methods... Will, will produce really different results and then the other one of course is espresso where you're forcing you've got really fine ground coffee and you're forcing steam through that that coffee under really high pressure and as it comes through it extracts like the, the good stuff yeah i'll, I'll ask a question quick though Doug, because i've seen this online a lot of forums people asking can you use medium ground coffee in an espresso machine i've seen, um, I've seen that a lot yeah it doesn't really work so you think you're for you you're forcing steam through fine ground coffee it creates like a bit of resistance and then the pressure means that as it goes through it's gonna like capture all the awesome flavors from the coffee if it's medium grind imagine like pouring water through stones oh, okay yeah so it's the water the steam's going to come through it's not going to capture as much as a good like, stuff be just just like water then really but with like a hint of the coffee then yeah exactly you, okay, and, you got you yeah and then with with like the ground coffee so coffee's got the it has oils in it, which gives it the flavor and the caffeine and that kind of different stuff. And most of them are things you want. Some of them are things you don't. And how you brew the coffee affects how much of the good ones you get and how much of the bad ones. So if you use um, a really coarse grind and just pour water through it, it doesn't get enough of the good stuff. So the coffee can actually taste like a bit sour. Whereas if you have a really fine grind and you, say you make a cafetiere with fine ground, ground coffee and let it just sit there for ages... It takes everything out and that will taste a little bit bitter. Right, so okay. so brewing has a massive impact on, on how the, the coffee tastes. This is like being taken back to school, but for actually something I take great interest in because I've always thought of myself as like a coffee snob. Mm. But listening to this, it's like everything I'm doing is actually wrong. Because <laughs> I've got like a cafetiere, I've got like a coffee ninja. It seems like I've got all the gear, but I've actually got no idea. But I'm, I mean, I'm actually on uh, cannibalcoffee.co.uk right now, and you've actually got some cool stuff on there that doesn't include things to buy. So you've got like the helpful stuff section there, and you've actually got these like cool little PDF guides, etc. So kind of what Bill was saying about is it just like one way to kind of make coffee. Here, you've actually got like a PDF guide that guides you through making the perfect brews for an AeroPress, a cafetiere. I see a, a stove top here, a mocha pot, filter coffee. There's cold brew coffee. So it's almost it's like an art form almost. I mean, I've had it. I've heard it described by someone who's much more into coffee than I am as sort of part chemistry, part art. And I think like I've made it bad, sound, yeah, <laughs> I've made it sound really intimidating. It's not, you know. Ultimately, if you get good coffee and some kind of coffee maker, you will have a good experience. Yeah. But this is about making it as good as it could be. 
Yeah. I mean, do you do you have like a, a, pref- a preferred way of yeah, making what's, it? What's Depends on process? the occasion. What's your process for a, a, a typical coffee? Uh, I, I like pour over coffee. But I, I mean, I've got a shelf of coffee makers and none of them are that expensive. So I've got like the AeroPress, pour over, cafetiere. It's not like I've got a six grand espresso machine or anything. Yeah. But I, I really like pour over. And you can get one of those for like 10 quid. And it that takes... seems to be really popular at the moment, pour overs. Mm. Yeah. But apparently they were big in the 70s. It's just yeah, I mean, everything I've, cyclical. A lot of people, and it's actually a lot of sciencey people that I follow, they, they, you know, they set up like a meth lab where they've got their pour over on like a... Yeah, yeah. You know, they've, got, they've got like two different sets of scales, one for milliliters, one for the, uh, the actual like grind itself as well. So yeah, four grams of water every 20 seconds or something. And then, like, <laughs> I, I might have to go back to basics here. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I really want to stress that you don't have to have all of that to enjoy good coffee. Yeah. No. Um, but the pour over, yeah, it takes like four minutes to brew a coffee, which for some people is probably probably too long. But that, that's, that's why it's so popular, isn't it? Because yeah. people were lazy. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I've been there. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, I want to address something quickly, Duncan. You, you mentioned to me on a, on a message that you say that instant coffee isn't real coffee. I want, I want to address that because there's obviously such a vast array of instant coffees. I mean, for example, you've got like, I know, a supermarket branded one, which tastes really poor. Beanies. Then you've got Azira. Have you, have, you, have you tried the Azira one? It's like the really fine one, which yeah. is like a fiver or a tin. Is there a difference between them or are they all the same pretty much? They're- there actually is. So Azira coffee does have some real coffee in it, really Lovely. fine grounds coffee as well as it's the like five percent, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly, but that 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 will be a bit different. But yeah, obviously, instant coffees where they they've got some really cheap coffee beans, roasted them by like the ton, brewed a load of coffee, concentrated it, and then they've evaporated the water either by freezing it or um, or air drying. And I, I I compare instant coffee to like pot noodles. So, a pot, a yeah. pot noodle. People, people eat pot noodles. Like you're going to piss off half the army here. No, no, yeah, no judgment. <laughs> but I think instant coffee is to coffee what pot noodle is to food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like when they cut drugs with baby powder. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> It is a narcotic at the end of the day, caffeine. Mm. So, all right. So, I I don't know coffee at all. Um, but I get a lot of. Um, a lot of people, I see a lot of people when making brews and that. I get this, this. So when you when they do coffee, they it's instant most of the time because I'm a normal person. Um, <laughs> normal, but I, I I will get like told off with some people for pouring in the coffee for like burning the beans or whatever. Oh, and then some people are like, "Now nah, you got to put the milk in," or it's like, "No, you don't." And so, does it matter on the instant, like, or, or is it just all shit and um, you shouldn't touch instant because it's for <laughs> normies like well, no, no honestly if if you enjoy instant like drink instant i i don't judge it's it's a beverage taste like brown, isn't it so yeah exactly so it's it's not like yeah there's no there's no slobbiness towards instant i just for me i just wouldn't i'd rather drink something else because i just don't like the taste of instant coffee because because i know what coffee can taste like and i like to drink it black instant doesn't do that so i'd rather not drink it but with with the question about hot water um that, I mean, I, again, I could talk about that for ages, but there's a misconception that if you use scalding hot water, you can like, you can ruin the coffee. It's not entirely true, but the science behind it is that, you know, I mentioned earlier about how when you brew coffee, you're trying to extract oils and flavors from it. Water temperature has a sort of part to play. So if the water's too cold, that reaction won't take place properly. And if it's too hot, you might carry on basically cooking the coffee a little bit. Well, okay, good. As you said, it's chemistry. <laughs> 
But in terms of instant coffee, I, I wouldn't have thought that boiling water would be an issue with instant, whether it affects it too much at all, because it's already been so brewed. I can, t- I can, I can just tell people to stop being a wanker yeah. when they say, oh, put it's a bit just, of milk in first. It's just instant. Like, just You don't know what you're talking about. You actually don't know coffee, you screamer. <laughs> to be f- <laughs> to be fair, I think uh, milk, like putting the milk in first, can only apply to coffee anyway. Because you know, if you do that with tea, then you know you yeah. should be Whoa. hunting for treason. Shot. I don't know my tea. If anyone ever did that in front of me, I would leave their house. But you can that do it with simple. coffee. You can I mean, do is that it with right? Coffee. Even if you're using a teapot, you shouldn't put the milk in first. No, never. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. And why is that? Just so you don't add too much. Oh, you got to let it brew. Let it. Do you know what I mean? Like you got to give it its time. I feel yeah, like this is just one of those things that people just say is a thing, so everyone has to get on board of it. It's like the it's like the milk and the coffee thing. People said it, so they think, yeah. oh, this must be the right way of doing yeah. it." Yeah, and everyone just so, doesn't. No one questions it. They just go, "This must be the way," because everyone's doing it. So, Duncan, if you went to someone's house that you didn't didn't like, you were, uh, you just met, you're chatting and that, and they literally pulled out some instant. What would you be like? Would you be like, <laughs> would you leave, uh, put that stuff away, or would you like pull out like a little briefcase and be like, nah, "I've got nah, you covered." Nah, <laughs> Like one of the things I've tried to do with Cannonball is sort of like make coffee a bit more approachable, and I know it hasn't sounded like that at all because I've been talking about some like deep science, but no one's ever asked those questions before. About to get worse, Duncan. But you know, <laughs> co- coffee's got that rep of like you know hipster baristas with like mustaches that they're tweaking yeah. and like yeah. the shit fake sailor tats and stuff. Like I'm trying to get away <laughs> from all of that yeah. and just make it accessible, and you can make go it you, about strong people again. Yeah. And you can go as deep as you want with the science, but ultimately, if you buy good coffee and you make it in a cafetiere or something, it will it will it will be good. So it's not like I would spit on the floor and walk out. I I I drink it, but but you didn't I, judge them silently. Just drink loads of water afterwards. Like oh my god, oh what I had to do. <laughs> I see it more as missing out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it's okay. not. It's not like oh you know you you're drinking instant, therefore you're like an inferior person. It's just like. You you don't know how good coffee can be. Just yeah, you know, give give it a try and and see if you like it. I mean, coffee is one of those things. I mean, for me in particular, I can I can be cheap with everything except coffee. So I could go and buy basic pasta. I could buy basic this, basic that. I can sorry, Andy. I can buy basic tea. But Do you know what? I'm down on that. I like yeah, it. basic tea. You know, as the basics. Oh. I'm a little bit of a tea slut, you know. You know I can, yeah. I can experiment I, with lots of it. Listen, Andy, sometimes I use the same bag three times in a row. Oh, you know? don't get me started, my Sometimes man. I'll dig them out of the bin. my waters now. Oh, but, yeah. um, <laughs> dig them out of the bin? What? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, coffee is the one thing where, you know, I I, I feel like you, you, you get what you pay for. You know what I mean? Like it's, and, and if you do it, you've you got to kind of do it properly. You know, that's not me being a snob, but that's just saying it's one of those things where I enjoy it. I enjoy the process of making it. I enjoy how you can customize coffee, uh, not just in regards like the machines, but like, you know, you get all different types. Like you get an Americano, you get a latte, you get a macchiato, etc. It's so customizable. And you can, for me, I can't tell the difference between gourmet spaghetti and, you know, a, a ready meal. But I can always tell cheap coffee from good coffee. So, you know, I can see, you know, enjoying the process of making it and respecting the process of making a nice coffee as well and producing a good coffee as well. I was going to say, it always amazes me how much people are prepared to spend at Costa and Starbucks on pretty average coffee. Like a a vanilla latte at Costa is like £3.50, but you can go to an independent coffee shop and get something much better for less money. Um, and I, I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's just better I mean, marketing. Is that just like a name? Is that just like you're buying the name more than anything? 
you buy that cup where you walk around. St- Starbucks, you buy the sort of environment in the in the shop. Yeah, yeah they're, all, they're nice places to to work and like sit down and meet people. People like to chill, don't they? In these these places, which is fine. I get, I can get on board with that. That's fine. I get, but obviously, I've made cappuccinos at home before on my espresso machine, and they taste just as good yeah. as one I'd get from a Costa. But I'm sitting in my kitchen. I'm not sitting in a bustling Costa, yeah. so it's a bit it's a bit different. I guess. Than, so. I find the the problem with like places like Starbucks and Costa etc. is that they feel quite heartless. Does that make kind of sense? It yeah, just feels like, like everything factory type yeah. thing, just in and out, in and out. Yeah, precisely. Like that. It's just so like industrialized. There's no care to it. There's no art. Oh, God, I sound really fucking snobby now. There's no like artisan quality to it. Do you know what I mean? But as kind of what you just said, Duncan, if you go to like a nice little independent place, like a family-run coffee shop, you know, it's it just everything. All my favourite coffee places have all been like, I've never ever seen them anywhere else in the country. It's just one shop. Mm. See, I, d- I don't know. I would, I would like to say I, I feel differently. Um, co- for me, coffee and people that like do coffee, that really into it, it becomes like um, an elitism. Okay. Like I see a lot of that um, where it's, you might say how you do this, and if you don't do that way, you're not in this club sort of thing. And it, could, it, it, it don't get me wrong, it gets like that with everything, you know. Um, but I can see it with a lot of coffee. Like if you don't, if you don't say that you brew it for the right time frame, or you you push the down like yeah, yeah. quick or not slow, you know. What I mean? And it can get to a point where it's you're just like taken back by a fucking hell. What are you on about, mate? It's, it's a cup of that's coffee really interesting, Andy. That's uh, and that's something I want to definitely make sure we don't do as a brand. Yeah, like, it's really interesting. You've noticed that something doesn't drink coffee. Um, I think we'll, we'll move on now to some of the um, exciting science and health benefits of coffee, which is going to blow everyone's mind. But this is this, this is the really exciting stuff, actually. Well, I'm excited about it. So we'll talk about coffee. Obviously, coffee's got a lot of caffeine in, and we've got a lot of science on caffeine. So let's start with physical training, which is the, the main one, um, which everyone gets excited about. So we've got a lot of data on the huge impact of caffeine on performance. Um, we've got loads of studies. If you want to see all these studies, put in the show notes. We'll go through some of them. But I mean, as Tom put on his Instagram earlier, one of them's got 201 meta analysis in it. So if you want to go and read through all them, crack on. But I'll give you a quick brief down of what a lot of this data does say in terms of caffeine consumption. So caffeine consumption before a workout may increase both strength and strength endurance. Caffeine can boost your performance acutely in terms of both 1RM strength and reps to failure. And data can also suggest that magnitude of the effect of caffeine is generally greater for aerobic as compared with anaerobic exercise. And there's potential for reduction in DOMS and a perception of exertion. So there's just a few extracts. Um, however, when we look talk about all these benefits of caffeine, does it come down to the dose? Yes, it does. So, Tom, you spoke this earlier, didn't you, about the actual dose? Yeah, so I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I mean, from all of the evidence I've kind of seen, it does suggest that to get an ergogenic, uh, you know, benefits of caffeine uh, just to clarify we're talking about caffeine so it's not just coffee but let's be honest most of us are going to get our caffeine through coffee you can get things like pro plus etc don't get wrong you can neck monsters but let's be honest real people have coffee um and to be honest with you you know i'm not going to just shield for, Fuck i'm not going to shield for the sake of it here but if you if <laughs> you upset andy now Tom. You could be dr- sake. listen andy you could be drinking tea all day you're never going to get that amount of caffeine Real to be effective people. but anyway you know you'd have to drink like about <laughs> three monsters to get the ergogenic benefits of you know 
caffeine for exercise. But if you have something like, you know, maximum charge where one cup is going to be enough or, you know, 1,200 milligrams just to make sure. But, yeah, I mean, um, so far the literature <laughs> seems to suggest that you want to be having between 3 milligrams to 6 milligrams of caffeine per kg of body weight. Um, it's very hard to say how many cups of coffee that is because all caffeine is different, as Duncan's, you know, explained. You know, different coffee will have different caffeine. But it's not just three to six milligrams. Uh, there, was, there are studies showing that some people might get benefits from as much as two milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight. If you are sensitive to caffeine, it probably best low in at even like some like one point five milligrams, starting off at two, and then kind of like gradually dosing there off of your kind of experience. Um, I mean, there are some studies out there that show you can kind of gain a tolerance to caffeine. Um, I mean, there's there's one study, you know, from, uh, I believe it's, is it Laura Etel? Yeah, Laura Etel, 2019, where they, you know, after 20 days of taking three milligrams of caffeine per kg of body weight every single day, the benefits, the benefits didn't disappear. The caffeine benefits didn't disappear, but you could tell that there was having a lesser effect over time. So it might be one of those things where, in regards to performance exercise, maybe save your caffeine for days that you're going to go hard or just kind of like do like an on and off thing. Or if you are taking it all the time, maybe play it safe and just like cycle caffeine maybe. But at the same time, there's other studies that kind of show that if you're like habitually having something like three milligrams of caffeine on a daily basis per kilogram of body weight, then maybe just up it by one milligram every time and you'll increase the ergogenic benefits that way. If you're having a high amount of caffeine, five milligrams a day, maybe go for six milligrams. But I mean, it's hard for me because I don't just drink coffee for the caffeine benefit. I, I just fucking love coffee so much. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, cats out of the bag. I'm extremely biased towards coffee. I love coffee. You know, if I could inject it, I would. Uh, maybe that's something I could do after the podcast. <laughs> but like, uh, or do a line of it. You know, I've got my cannonball here. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> like, three to six milligrams seems to be the most effective dose in regards to sports performance. Which is actually quite a lot, isn't it? So I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly go into a couple of polls I did on Instagram, which I got some pretty interesting results from. So I basically asked one question was, do you have a caffeinated beverage or pre-workout before training slash exercise? 65% of people said yes. I then asked, the next question was, do you know how much caffeine you as an individual actually need to make a difference? And 61% of them said no. So the majority were saying they do have something before, but the majority said they don't actually know, which kind of makes you think, well, um, so I did a bit of digging to see if these, if people were likely to be underdosing. So for me, who has a lot of coffee, a lot of you know energy drinks, whatever, I'm quite tolerant to caffeine. Um, I went for the higher end of about six milligrams. So for me, I'd probably want about you 520 say, you, you say you're, of coffee. You say you're you're tolerant to caffeine, but let's see in about an hour's time once that uh, once that maximum yeah. charge. Yeah, when in. four o'clock <laughs> in the morning, he's bringing you up, going, yeah, 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 sound, yeah, I've edited everything. Even next week, we haven't even done it, but we've done it. <laughs> I've recorded next week, lad. Yeah. But on a serious note, though, so I looked at some commercial pre-workout and I looked at my protein because that's like the big company everyone seems to know about. Um, and their bog standard pre-workout they sell on their website, a scoop, which is their recommended serving for pre-workout, contains 150 milligrams of caffeine. Now that, for me, to need 520 to have the performance benefit, that's extremely low. So I'd need about, I'd need over three scoops of that. 
The problem is you might think, well, just have three scoops then. What's the uh, issue? Yes. Then if you look at the other ingredients of the pre-workouts, for example, beta alanine, which is um, common in pre-workouts, that's the thing that gives you that tingly feeling when you have a pre-workout. And if I'm having three servings of that, I'm going to be in a very bad way in terms of tingling feeling. So there's a reason um, they recommend one scoop. Jump in there one second because that's really important. So most people, if you listen, so for our listeners, if you take pre-workout, the truth is most of the time the main ingredient in a pre-workout is caffeine. And this always makes me laugh because you get these really radical package looking pre-workouts where they've got like, uh, you know, like big muscly guys on it and it's got really like sexy names on it, like violent names, like, uh, you know, psycho pre-workout, pump pre-workout, sex offender pre-workout, all these weird (laughs) fucking names. But the thing is, the caffeine content in most pre-workouts is usually like between 150 milligrams to 300 milligrams of caffeine. And this now here's the thing as well. In regards to the performance benefits of caffeine, you you get an acute benefit. Acute meaning that it happens very quickly. It's not like supplements like creatine where you've got to load it over time. You know, as I said, after about an hour of taking maximum charge, I was fucking steaming. Um, but like, yeah, like when you compare that to things like coffee, etc. If you are mostly getting your benefit of pre workout just from the caffeine alone, it might even just be better to switch to like a performance-based caffeine. Sorry, caffeinated beverage. But again, so I, um, I'm only like from an outsider's point of view, uh, what I see in training-wise, it's like mornings and that, they use this as like a ritual. Uh, and then the placebo effect comes into it as well. It may not, you may not be getting the adequate dose of caffeine, but if you're sort of hanging, you're tired... Um, it becomes like a ritual that sort of right. I need my morning coffee. Oh, poo's coming. You know, them sort of thing that happens. Um, it's that process, isn't it? Where, where you have that morning coffee, it makes the you ritual. feel good. Can it do more? Can it be better? It can. And if you're having one of these strong coffees where you could see, uh, you could, um, smell sounds, it's potentially going to have more an effect on you. Sciencey or not. Yeah. Placebo is powerful. I, I guess you want it to. But as well as, say, the the benefits that you alluded to in those studies, Bill, were more around endurance performance and and power outputs. But I think caffeine also wakes up the brain and it reduces um, neuron inhibitors. So even if you have a low dose, you will feel more awake. So I guess in in Andy's situation, you're going to have a better training session mentally, you're more up for it even though you're not getting like the full benefits. And with those doses, 600 milligrams of caffeine, I'd love to know what the people were like in those experiments. Yeah. I want to know, I want to know if it was 600 milligrams, like instant, or was it over a set period of time? Like how did they, like, did they get to have 600 milligrams during the day? It would have been like, or was it a case of like, here's here's 600 in about 30 seconds. Um, I'll tell you what. uh, So Duncan, what you kind of just said there about like, uh, in regards to like the mental state, etc. I mean, we have got... So this is kind of like... It sounds like an irrelevant study, but it is kind of related. So I was actually looking at a study. It was a uh, Panic Shirley 2018. And basically, I was looking at the effects of caffeine or, or coffee in this particular case on appetite suppressant. So I know it sounds irrelevant. So just to, just to clarify, basically, it concluded... There was no significant interactions between caffeine treatment and BMI on intake and appetite sensations in our laboratory. So basically, as an appetite suppressant, coffee isn't actually that beneficial. However, one of the benefits they that I kind of came to a conclusion is that at the end of the day, caffeine has been shown to kind of decrease fatigue. 
not just physically, but also mental fatigue as well. So, you know, it has kind of that new nootropic kind of benefit to it. So in regards to things like weight loss, etc., caffeine slash coffee can kind of help in the way that it increases like total daily energy expenditure. Oh, and when yeah. if you're, say, if people are trying to lose weight and they're going to be fatigued anyway because they're dieting, you know, simply having that caffeine, which can like, boost their mood, uh, you know, decrease their fatigue etc actually it can get them moving a little bit more so in that way it could aid weight loss even though it's not suppressing appetite well, I, I mean i've seen some stuff that shows that it will increase your metabolism your your, your metabolic rate by up to 12 percent. so you so are yeah, like your total daily energy intake and stuff yeah. like that it would affect that yeah i think that's i think that could be linked to what tom was saying there so that study might say it's, it's showing it boosts metabolism by 12 percent. but that could have that their totally daily energy expenditure but that could have been just because they had that more awakeness in terms of mental and physical so they were doing more they were moving more because it might, it might have been the actual caffeine doing something magical to boost their metabolism it might have just made them do more so, so they could have actually maybe thought okay i'll be so more active so in regards to weight loss, uh, coffee could definitely have a benefit if that's the intentional goal you have. It's probably just not for the benefit that people may think in regards to appetite suppressant. But yeah, it can increase metabolism in regards to TDEE and also it can decrease fatigue as well. Um, just want to quickly go back to, so we, we spoke about those really high doses and I remember Tom mentioned it, so we've got data saying that you can have a lower dose to still get those similar effects. So one of the studies he was going for was a study that basically looked at a lower dose of caffeine. This study also reinforced the point that if you're listening to, um, if you're a male or female, that you can get kind of similar uh, effects, whether you're male or female, in terms of caffeine, there's no real difference. The evidence isn't conclusive yet, but it's growing, so the, it's going in the right way. So basically, if you're male or female, there shouldn't be any issue with that. Uh, but this study basically looked at a lower dose of caffeine. It looked at the effects of a low dose, so about two milligrams per kilo, body weight to be a lot less than the 500 i said earlier um the participants of the study were habitual caffeine users so they had between about 100 and 300 milligrams a day on a daily basis um they were aged between the age of 18 and 35 and they were not currently involved in any resistance training so i think that's quite important to note that um, the data did suggest that a low dose might enhance strength performance also further supports if you're not a customized or higher dose starting at a lower dose may be viable so that's basically saying if you're not used to coffee um you don't have to go in uh, if some pt comes up to you and says oh the recommended dose is three to six milligrams of per kilo and then some absolute normie comes out and smashes you know 500 milligrams of caffeine in one go and they might erupt that you can go in at these lower numbers and you could probably still potentially get the same effect so just in regards to like how caffeine kind of has effects on strength uh, so I've actually looked at a paper here, which is Fet et al. And uh, I probably really fucked that up. Fetty Wop 2017. Uh, and basically they took a bun- they, they took a, they took several women and they put them through some various strength tests for various rep ranges. And basically what happened was they actually showed that in like the caffeine groups, so that caffeine group, there's a placebo group. And all strength markers actually improved in the caffeine groups compared to the placebo group. Uh, just to put this into comparison, uh, the hack squat run rep max in strength was improved by 12 kg. Um, so it was actually 12 kg higher than, the, pl- than the, the placebo trials when caffeine was introduced. And this was at 6 milligrams of caffeine uh, per kg of body weight. Uh, it also showed that uh, the knee extension reps to failure were about 7 reps greater in the caffeine trials compared to the placebo trials. So we have got really good data in regards to not just strength, but also endurance, like going towards failure. Uh, there was actually a, a note in a study which I found quite interesting. So originally, 23 women were recruited for this study, um, but it ended up with only eight in the end. And that's because there was difficulty in... Some of the subjects are non-compliant in 
abstaining from caffeine consumption during their study. So that you can kind of like respect that, can't you? Like halfway through the study, like, okay, why don't you stop drinking coffee now? And you're just like, no, fuck off. So with these studies, what I'm seeing uh, is um, if you want to get as big as Arnie in his prime without using steroids, drink cannibal coffee. Inject coffee. Just have one one a day and you'll be fucking massive. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we have got a lot of data on this, so look at the show notes of the podcast. It's going to be absolutely stacked full of uh, papers on the performance benefits of caffeine, so it's, it's pretty conclusive. Um, so basically, yeah, but three to six is ideal. However, if you're new to caffeine, so you don't drink caffeine at all at this point, then you could start at a lower dose, maybe two milligrams per kilo, maybe one and a half milligrams per kilo, and you, you are potentially going to get the same effects, and then you can just sort of play with it and go up and up and up as time goes on. Um, we're going to look specifically at coffee now. So this is... a I can see Duncan getting really excited now. We're going to look directly at the health benefits of coffee. So we've got an umbrella here, uh, 2017, and this identified a whopping 201 major analyses of observational research with 67 unique health outcomes and 17 major analyses of interventional research with nine unique outcomes. Bit of a mouthful. You're probably thinking, what the fuck does that mean? Basically, it means we've got a lot of data on the health benefits of coffee. So I'll quickly just summarise what this kind of comes to, then we'll break it down into different aspects of... Um, health benefits so coffee consumption was more often associated with benefit than harm for a range of health outcomes across exposures including high versus low any versus none and one extra cup a day so Duncan I'm sure you're fully aware of all the health benefits of coffee I'm sure all of it so we'll start with the big one CVD so this this study looked at all these meta-analysis and came to a conclusion on CVD which is cardiovascular disease um, that coffee consumption was consistently associated with a lower risk of mortality from all causes of cardiovascular de- disease. Coronary. Right, someone, someone want to say that word for me before I um. Fuck coronary. Coronary. Cutlery. Oh, okay, coronary heart disease. <laughs> cutlery. You know you're in disease. trouble when I'm the one that's having to pronounce it for you. And stroke in a non-linear relation with summary estimates indicating largest reduction in relative risk at three cups a day. So that's quite important because I think a lot of people would think three cups a day is quite a lot. How this data is suggesting that, well, obviously this is going to be very dependent on the strength of the coffee. If you had three cups of um, <laughs> maximum, uh, the, the maximum one from kind of coffee. I think the caffeine's that might, kicking in. Yeah, on it. Fucking hell, it's starting to fucking speed now, isn't it? <laughs> I'm having a stroke <laughs> listening to you. Yeah, the podcast has just been at sort of double speed <laughs> yeah. that way through. It feels like, why are, you, why are you guys on half speed? What's going on? <laughs> what I do on the editing, guys, is I'll, I'll turn all your speed up and I'll turn my speed down. Bill's like Neo from the Matrix right now. He's flailing. <laughs> it's definitely working, I'll tell you that. So I'll quickly get into the numbers before we before we discuss it. So an example of the effects, it's all good me saying oh, it was associated with benefit, but what, what does this mean statistically? So... The example would be risk-reduced CVD mortality by 19%, 16% for the word I can't say, 30% for mortality of stroke, and more than three cups were not associated with harm, but the further benefit was less pronounced. So if you had more than three cups, it didn't cause any problems, but the benefits didn't seem to increase. So three cups seems to be the magic number, but obviously we'd have to look into what then the strength of that coffee was. You know, if it was cannibal coffee, then... Pfft, God knows what that would do, but if it was like a normal instant... I'm guessing it was some sort of bog Definitely standard... Nescafe, weren't coffee, it? Maybe that's commercially... But... Shit like that. <laughs> um, that, Does that sound about right to you, Duncan, in terms of CVD? Um, your, your yeah, in terms of the, the studies that I've looked at, I think that the key thing to take away is just that coffee's got lots of antioxidants in it. Uh, and I think the anecdotal evidence is that coffee's probably the, the healthiest thing people drink in a Western diet, a typical Western diet. 
if you if you think around people you know like soft drinks fruit juice etc all the kind of shit that, that we habitually drink coffee is this natural product that's full of antioxidants um, pg tips make you a legend um <laughs> but, but basically the health benefits the health benefits of caffeine uh, habitual caffeine use you know far outweigh any risks etc i mean i remember all the way back when even when i was back at school there was always scares over caffeine you know you'd always have like headlines like, oh caffeine causes cancer coffee causes this and that um funny enough i think actually when that evidence kind of came out what they didn't realize was that it was you know <laughs> Correlation doesn't always equal causation. They didn't mm. realize that the people in those studies were also things like heavy smokers. There was also various other health issues. And then when you kind of take that away, it actually shows that actually coffee on its own is pretty bloody good for you <laughs> in moderation, of course. Yeah. I mean, there is other stuff written about adrenal fatigue from excessive caffeine consumption. And there, you know, there potentially are some downsides from, from the caffeine side of it. But coffee in itself taking aside the caffeine has got these as I said like these antioxidants that come from the um, compound called polyphenols that that is found in coffee and that's what gives you a lot of these properties that reduce your chance of, of getting some of these diseases yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I know this this study particularly looked at coffee. It was pretty clear. Cause obviously, we looked the ones we said before were spe- specifically on caffeine, so that could have been anything. Where this is specifically coffee. Before you start, I just want to quickly say, like in regards to the term adrenal fatigue, it's it's one of those things where there's not really kind of like any evidence kind of back. It's a thin, you know, like it's a real thin in the first place. Anyway, so I just want to kind of point that out. So you know, once again, another point goes up towards coffee. Tom really likes coffee. <laughs> I really like coffee. I'm definitely biased here, as you can tell. Um, I was going to go through some of the rest of these benefits. I've really, I think it's important we emphasise the the health benefits of coffee because this is a whole episode about coffee. So we've also got the big big buzzword cancer. I mean, you've, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know every sort of anything to do with food or drink, there's always like a claim to do with cancer. But this study looked at cancer and it basically said that high versus low coffee consumption was associated with a lower risk of prostate ca- cancer. Okay, I'm not even going to read all these. Basically, look in the show notes for a list of all. There's a lot of cancers on this list. Um, it's, it looks like it covers pretty much all of them. Um, and it says there was also a significant linear dose response relations indicating the benefits. So I'm guessing that means the increase or decrease of the amount of coffee you're taking will have an impact on uh, the effects of these. But obviously, as we know, coffee isn't going to magically cure cancer. Nothing's going to do that. If, it, if anyone tells you, oh, I'll drink my coffee, it'll get rid of your cancer. That's not the case. All we're saying is that there could be uh, a suggestion of a lower risk if you were to consume coffee and that probably goes down yeah. to some of them effects you might mention about some of the antioxidants yeah regards to the next one liver and gastro outcomes so pretty short on it all categories of coffee exposure are associated with a lower risk for a range of liver out uh, liver outcomes um, there's a whole list of percentages here as well which will, will be in the show notes so you want to have a look at that metabolic disease coffee consumption was consistently associated with a lower risk of type 2 diabetes for high versus low consumption um, why do we think that is? I mean, that's the only thing I've got down. Coffee's why just you... magic, mate. It's just magic. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for a bit more on that, Tom. Uh, <laughs> is it anything to do with the actual properties of coffee or is it what we spoke about earlier? Maybe people getting more active? I don't know. Is it giving people... Is it... What? I, think, I don't have a Scooby, mate. I think one of the challenges with a lot of these studies is they give you the, the results, but yeah. they, they don't explain to yeah, a layperson... The pathology like, of it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Why, why, that, yeah, why you get those benefits... Yeah, because mm. I'd, I'd say because if I've just read that now, if someone was listening to this and they heard me say it's associated with a lower risk of type two, they'd probably be like, "Well, I'd be like, why? Yeah. Why, why is coffee doing this?" I, I remember seeing something about how it can improve blood flow. 
uh, and and the way your your blood's behaving and oxygen in in, in cells etc. So I mean, getting way out of my lane. I'm not not a nutritionist or a doctor, but you know, perhaps if your if your circulation is working better, is that going to be related to diabetes? Yeah, I think I agree there, Duncan. Because I can actually hear my blood flowing right now after drinking that coffee. So I, I, <laughs> I can definitely get on board with, with, with increased blood flow. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's a possibility. But I mean this. This is obviously this uh, umbrella looked at a wide range of data and it's come to that conclusion in terms of type two. So I'm not going to be too critical of it, but obviously if you want to dig deeper into that, once again, in the show notes. Uh, another one here then, this is quite an interesting one, musculoskeletal outcomes. So there's a suggestion of increased fracture risk in women and a decrease in men. Now this is something I saw quite a lot popping around. However, there is an inconsistency in the association between consumption and musculoskeletal outcomes. So we're seeing this, but there is an inconsistency. So all the data I looked at, it's not consistent enough to say it's conclusively, oh, if you're a woman and you drink coffee, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna break your arm. I've seen I've seen that statistic used to support the benefits of veganism as well. Though you know, they, in uh, Game Changers, they talk about osteo, osteoporosis, um, yeah, and and brittle bones in in Western women from drinking milk. Horse drinking milk. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that. That sounds like the complete opposite of what I do by drink. Because obviously, drink milk milk has calcium, which would in turn in the bones. But so what, so my, I only I only raise that point just to talk about how there there seems to be misconceptions about the causes of brittle bones because there yeah, might be other yeah. factors. Yeah, it's basically cherry picking. <laughs> what this is is this this is Andy and his tea cronies Excuse trying me? to say that okay. coffee is going to make women break their bones. That's what it is. This is this is you lot, isn't it? This is you and your tea. This drinkers. is big tea. <laughs> big tea. <laughs> yeah, it's a big farmer. Tea big conspiracy. Tea. Well, what they did they they looked at like in Japan, there's lower instances of brittle bones where they don't regularly drink dairy whereas in america it's higher so they've just gone oh well, it must be because of yeah milk so cherry picking, that, yeah yeah the cherry picking you're not or, and you're not because but you're not getting the context you, you mentioned that example earlier about um other factors and comorbidities so uh, you know people have heart underlying health problems and therefore that affects how the overall statistics so it might be one of those kind of examples of course so basically, after if this, I mean, this is obviously a whopping uh, bit of data we looked at. We've obviously got more than that, but that was pretty much the biggest one. It's fairly recent as well. Um, it basically, coffee is consistently linked with health benefit, except uh, apart from those related to pregnancy and maybe for that risk of fracturing women. They're the only two sort of negatives they could find, but they were potent. Obviously, the pregnancy things are a pretty common thing. If you're pregnant, don't but smash. You know, would you say that's the more the, the, <laughs> the caffeine then? Then. It, it probably yeah, not that's coffee the itself yeah, that's not coffee because in particular, the yeah. coffee is connected with caffeine yeah. I would say that's more the line yeah, of it yeah. um, I don't know I think it's just got a bit of a stigma it has it's sort of like what we spoke about earlier and it's I think it's just old fucking way back in the people look at it and be like oh it's just bad for you it's just bad for you and they just yeah and it's yeah. just it's just brought up that way and you've just brought up like like my house never really drunk coffee. It never did. We were always tea. Maybe that is one of the reasons that I don't I don't drink it. You know, um, I mean, when I um the first the first commercial gym I ever worked at, uh, where we used to have all our our little PT boards on the wall, and uh, you could like next to your advertisement, you could have like your own little like informative you can make basically. And I remember like one of the most experienced PTs put up a fin that said, "Be careful, energy drinks contain caffeine." So straight away, it's got a stigma towards it without giving any context towards, well, is it the caffeine or is it the dose? What, what what's, what's going on here? Well, but straight away, sugar. It, all that as well, you know. Like, like literally sugar, gone, there's bad caffeine. stuff out there. You know what I mean? Left it at that, you know. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like Caffeine has still got a stigma behind it. Um, 
you know, as I said earlier, I don't think the press has helped constantly like running these like scaremongering headlines, you know, and they keep changing their their stance on coffee and caffeine every 10 years, you know. Uh, coffee defeats cancer. Coffee now creates cancer. Coffee is cancer. You know, cancer is coffee. You know, it's like it's constantly think, back and um, forth. I've only ever seen one story of someone dying from caffeine. I don't know if this is a couple of years ago. It was quite sad, but they had um, like a, a bag of powdered caffeine extract. Which no, you, they, you, <laughs> that's what they told police. <laughs> well, but they they um, dosed it like you would dose sugar. Wow. So wow. you know they had like oh, okay, yeah, thousands of milligrams. Seeing that caffeine. though, but actually, first time I had a knocko, I was at a competition with a mate, and I necked one. I was like, "This is this." I'd never knew, didn't even know I had caffeine. I genuinely just thought it was some like BCA drink. Necked it, and I my mate was like, "Oh, here's this one." I was like, "I'll take it." And he's like, "You sure?" So I necked that one as well. And I just sort of stood in the corner and I was like, why is everything moving? I was like, it's, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> and I thought I was going to die. Um, so I could see why, I, yeah, yeah. Is, is there anything in that, like a vehicle for how you consume caffeine? So I, I've, um, I've tried like various pre-workouts over the years, but I remember one that was called um, Ripped Freak, which has got quite a lot of caffeine in it, but not as much as the, as the coffee that, that we produce. But that like really got me. And I felt like generally, like genuinely, pretty unwell from drinking it. And I'm wondering could whether other stuff though, because they've always they always pump these things full of other sort of ingredients, don't they? So it could have been something completely separate than the actual caffeine itself. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm just wondering with Noco whether there's something that makes the caffeine somehow yeah. seem more. Effective, uh, Noco's but... not even that strong, is it? Really, if you look at the actual caffeine content of Noco, there's not a lot in there. It's how you take because you don't. Like coffee and that, it's not really a thing where you're like, right, got to get on it. I'm just going to neck this boiling hot coffee. I'm going to go train. You know, it's, yeah. it's uh-huh. you'll be surprised. It's not really done, like, <laughs> is it? You would you would sit down. You'd you'd have well, a little espresso you'd... cup. Well, I don't know. Have you had you had espresso before, Andy? Because no, but you don't just go bang, do you? Right, I'm going to go train. Just just going to knock up a quick and espresso. You know what I mean? Straight through your eye socket. Yeah. No, if you yeah espresso, you can do pretty quickly. I take your point. You're not going to make a four minute like pour over that I described earlier. But there are quicker ways of making coffee that. Or you can make cold brew and leave it in the fridge as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what I like, like to do uh, when it, if I'm like if I'm walking to the gym or if I've got a shift on is I'll just whilst I'm getting dressed I'll put the coffee on to brew and I'll, I've got like a little travel flask, you know, and I just I drink down the way to on the way to the gym. By the time I'm warmed up, you know, hopefully it's kicked in by then. Um, but but to Andy's point, it's much harder to neck boiling hot coffee yeah. than it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, yeah. it is. <laughs> like, people, have, people do use it as like um, a, not a pre-workout, but like a warm-up drink to get that sort of kick and let's go, that drive, that routine. But again, it's sort of, you like the way I know it, the way I see it is like they'll drink it, a little bit of stretching, drink it, we're talking, we're chatting, we're drinking. And then 30 minutes later, they're, they're moving into something more... Yeah, I've never really seen someone be like, hold on, guys, let me just... Uh, right, and just fucking neck it down. Um, I've never really seen that. <laughs> Intra workout make some content coffee. around that, I reckon. That'd be some good... <laughs> <to make content. laughs> just but, but pouring hot water down, yeah. Let's do it. I mean, have you ever considered, like, a, you know, an intra-workout cannonball coffee, like in a can, Ooh. like a cold brew can that you yes. can drink intra-workout? No, I, I am, but we're getting... Are we on oh. secrets here? No, not secret at all. Um, I, I think with business ideas, it's good to share it to see if people actually would buy it yeah, rather would. than keeping it like close yourself. But one of the dramas you run up against is minimum order quantities with things like that. Yeah. So you're, you're typically looking at like 10,000 cans to get to wow. get started. So I've got to fork out the money for that and then find somewhere to store it. Ah, uh, yeah. And then, and then sell it. 
But it's definitely something I like. Sounds like a bloody good idea, though. I and mean, the whole branding of Cannibal Coffee. Imagine that, just seeing that as like an intra-workout kind of thing. I mean, this would be brilliant. Or a pure gym, places like that, would be in a fridge. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good, yeah. good to go. And I thought maybe doing it with like oat milk or something. So it's just got yeah, like cool. a bit more universal appeal because I love cold brew coffee, but it's definitely an acquired taste. But yeah, especially if it is intra-workout or, or just like a like a very quick pre-workout as well. I mean, things like, uh, like canned... Can supplement-based drinks mm. such as pre-workout and even I'm not a big fan of them, things like BCAAs, etc. I mean, they're extremely popular amongst like things like the CrossFit community, etc. Where they'll actually have them during the session. So something like that with with like a like a, a when I say like a light coffee, I mean one that isn't like heavily laden with milk. Like you get those yeah. costas in a can where it's just like a milkshake in a can. Yeah, 100%. You know, nothing like that. But I mean, you know, something like a, a cannibal coffee in a can would be awesome. A bit cleaner, yeah, more, more caffeine. And then you can actually put on, because it will be easier to test it as well. So you know exactly how much caffeine was in yeah. each can because of how it's manufactured. Um, and that would be really yeah. exciting. The other thing, I, I love messing around with putting protein in coffee. I'm a big fan of that. So what? sometimes well, I will blend a scoop okay, of protein Explain. in a morning coffee. It's, it just tastes amazing. So think of like a latte. We talked we talked about Costa earlier, which, as as Tom said, is like a sugary milkshake, milkshake with yeah. a bit of coffee in it. But imagine like that taste, but it's just really good coffee with a scoop of decent protein powder, blended. Drink that, and it, it just tastes like yeah, vanilla or a caramel latte or whatever. But you're getting like thirty grams of That's protein. Workout. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Places like My Protein, etc., they have done like uh, co- coffee protein powders in the past. They've also done things like mocha powders with protein. Yeah, I think that's just the flavour, though, isn't it? So I, I'm, oh, is I'm it? talking oh. like actual coffee, so you're getting the caffeine as, as well. Oh, sorry, no, no, this was like a this was like a, a, a caffeinated, you know, ah. powdered coffee. It's what you hate, basically. It's like a powdered, <laughs> you know, it's like a, a freeze-dried coffee with protein added to it. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to do, if, if money was no object, would be a um, almost like an amino acid coffee creamer. It's quite popular in America, um, but we don't really habitually use coffee creamer in the UK. But imagine you put a scoop in and it's got like powdered MCT, so you get some fats for, for energy, bit of protein, you know, oh, well. COQ10, maybe, maybe some you amino acids. make it desirable, it would, you know, especially oh, anything for CrossFit. Fuck, these idiots, us idiots will buy it, you know what I mean? I do CrossFit, right? So I, 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 but I feel the Duncan same. Like, I've, seen, um, I've seen canned water being sold at CrossFit. Spring, like spring water in a can. I literally melt yeah. it. I'm like, right, this is stupid, but I'm in. I'm, I'm sold. Let's go. <laughs> well, you were talking the other day about it being yeah. a cult. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it is, but it doesn't mean yeah. it's a bad thing. But but it is a cult. So yeah, if if you can get get it popular with those kind of audiences, make yeah. you think that they need oh, it, then. But you have like to put a fucking knocko. We we've we've spoke about knocko before, saying how it's pretty much like it's not even that useful in terms of caffeine or BCAs. But because it's got that cross association of an like athlete, love the price. One, you have one and be like, here we go. But they've you, spent you, tens of millions on free cans. Yeah. They've given out. Oh, well, exactly. Yeah, you go up to the, the fittest people in the UK and just be like, "Drink this. We'll give you it for free." They're like, "Yeah, all right. Drink it. Yeah, drink it." And it just becomes something you then yeah. see at every event, yeah, and exactly. you see it again and again, and it, yeah, you're like, oh, that, you know, you, you accept it, and... and it's a statement, isn't it? I feel like we need we need to make a push to get Cannibal instead of Knocko because Cannibal can actually do something physically beneficial. Yeah, I'll just so get let's get, get out there. Get, get the hands out, get out there. Now.
I mean, Duncan, something I'd quite like to ask is, what made you choose the name Cannonball Coffee? Uh, because I was in the mm-hmm. artillery, and I wanted to have oh. a bit of a nod to that, but I didn't want a a veteran-owned oh. coffee company. Oh, I like, yeah, Duncan, I want to quit it, because I, we, was, we spoke to us before, actually, because we've, we've come to the conclusion that there's a lot of veteran brands out there. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to slag any of them off anymore, but there's a lot of them where they have this, it's such a big push to be skulls and fucking, it wants to ah. be literally so mili- militarised that it becomes so saturated with just constant, whereas yours, yeah, I, we, yeah. I wouldn't even know it was military-owned. No, I appreciate that. That's kind of what I'm doing. I, it's there for a bit of depth, but, you know, fair play, guys at Contact Coffee have done a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've branded it so well and it's so clearly aimed at yeah. a military audience like the way they communicate everything and I, I think it's fantastic but then you've just got other people who've just tried to do that but yeah. it's shit and yeah, the, yeah. You know, the military in the UK is not that big nah. it's not a huge audience exactly so it's not a massive just... audience at all you need to make sure you don't tailor to that market I mean it's like me and Andy with our um, fitness programming thing we've got that train primal thing we have as well that business we've tried to keep that as far away from militarised as possible because the, the, the fitness market isn't the army the fitness market is it's, it's huge it's only the coffee market you can appeal to the army yeah you'll have this little bubble in the military where they'll all be like oh cannibal coffee but you want the, the mass market to get involved I think um, boot, boot camp fitness sort of shows you the demand there is amongst the public for military stuff yeah but yeah. but not too military that they're yeah, excluded. Yeah. But given yeah. the elements of it, so they don't want so it. Pay, literally pay thousands to get beasted by guys like you in parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Um, even though we're saying like, oh, it's not overly military, etc. So Duncan, I mentioned earlier that you know this place number five of strongest uh, coffee in the world on caffeineinformer.com. Um, and I mean, I'm looking at some of the other brands here. So yeah, you got some of them like, just look really tacky. So you know, we're definitely not going to get sponsored by any of the following. So, you know, you've got things like <laughs> double tap coffee, high voltage coffee, skulls and crossbones everywhere. Buzzwords. You know, yeah. all these buzzwords. But then even though we're saying it, it, it's not really like military looking, when you kind of look at the packaging for Cannibal Coffee, there is something like quintessentially like British about it. I don't know if it's because like you've got cannons on it, you've yeah. got like, you know, ship wheels, you've got barrels. It almost like it, it's, it's very rural Britannia, which I kind of like, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe things have been different if, Admiral Nelson had had a shot of this, but you know, like, it, yeah. I, I just like it because it's like it's not, it's not overkill. It's not there's not skulls on it. Yeah, not, it's not a lot of them. They make it about daring to drink it. Yeah, uh, and that's the branding. Um, there's a company called Deathwish Coffee. Um, yes, they're, they're like hey, that doesn't sound very appealing. But they're they're the market leaders. Uh, and again, like what, what really, you Compact say that, coffee, but they're got. only number seven on Caffeine Informer. Is that an American brand? Is it? Yeah. They're huge yes. in America, right? So they, they started like 10 years or nine years ago and um, they had this amazing opportunity to, they won a competition where they could get some free advertising at the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. And they got, a, as a result of winning this competition, a proper agency came in and made ads for them and that just turbocharged them. But yeah. but they, they're the original strong coffee and they've, they've, like, they've dominated that sector. But other, just like with contacts in the military... Other companies then copy them and they use the skull and the yeah. crossbow, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just a me too brand when people aren't that interested. So I've tried to avoid that. Yeah. This actually makes me just want to like take to the seas and, you know. <laughs> it does. No, it stands out. It's, it, it is because I've seen it. It's a smooth package. Um, but it's not. I don't know, like, they try and make this thick, like, coffee, like, like sexy, don't they? Where it's all, like, all silk and this, that and the other. And it's not like that. It's just, it's like, we're a strong fucking coffee. 
give us a try. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is a fucking pod- it actually It says that on the packaging. It says super strong yeah. coffee. I mean, kind of like what you just said, Duncan. And it is like, eye-catching. Yeah, it's, you, haven't, you haven't made it like, oh, I dare you to drink this. Mm. You know, it says on the package, you know, super strong coffee. You know, it's it, to me, it just, rather than shout, oh, it's dangerous, should I, shouldn't I? You know, it to me, it just says performance. You know, t- time will tell if I've got it right or wrong. You know, maybe people expect it to have skulls and crossbones and hellbones <laughs> and things. But no, I think follow your heart, Duncan. Follow your heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how did you? Right, where have you always had a love for coffee? Is this something that like just you just sail or whatever it is? Let's go try some coffee beans. You know what I mean? Like trying to smuggle them back. What happened? How, how um, did this adventure? I got quite into it. So I think about 2012, I put this in the brand story, but I, I was um, in Afghan. I worked with a Danish and they're massively into their coffee. And uh, that's when I first got introduced to drinking it black. But this guy started yeah, like, loaded, a big beard. Out, putting milk into the coffee. And it was like Horva or something like that. Uh, he didn't. Act on his back. <laughs> some, some of them did. They all did that um, like snooze as well. So they're there like tobacco and really strong coffee, just buzzing their faces off. But um, yeah, he, he's like, look, I, I drink it black because I, I want to taste coffee. And that, that's when I first like got on that kind of journey of drinking coffee to experience it. And then after that, I was taking like a mocha pot out and armored exercises, you know, taking an AeroPress everywhere I go. So I was always interested. But the reason I started the business is because I was desperate to start a business when I got out of the army. And um, I was saying this to someone the other day. I think the military gives you loads of skills that make you um, suitable to be an entrepreneur. But we're not generally that imaginative. So it was like, I'm, I want to start a business. What can I do? Uh, I, I'm quite interested in coffee, so I'll, I'll do oh, that. Nice. That so that, that's how it sort of came about. I want to quickly touch on something we haven't mentioned yet. We did. We, I'll link this episode in the podcast. But one thing that people talk about a lot when it comes to coffee is uh, dehydration. Mm-hmm. Now we spoke about a lot about health and fitness, about how you know coffee and caffeine, for example, can boost performance, boost this, but there's still that misconception around that caffeine or having a cup of coffee will dehydrate you. Now we spoke about this in a podcast on our Myths episode. It's called Let's Chat Myths, Running and Bad Needs plus Caffeine Dehydrate. So I'll link that. You can just listen to the second half of the episode. It talks about caffeine. But I mean, I've probably, you've probably heard this a million times before, Duncan, haven't you, that drinking coffee is going to dehydrate you. Well, I used to believe it as well, myself. Well, I'm not that surprised. Um, because, yeah, it's just the prevailing wisdom, isn't it? I think what well, the other ones, like women get hench if they lift weights. There's there's, yeah, there's so yeah. many fat, fat's bad for you. Um, it's a diuretic, isn't it? So it does yeah. mean that you you like, you like pee more. Yeah. But you're still, when you drink coffee, you, you get you're that getting net hydrated. Of hydration. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're consuming water. So where, where does the, the myth come from, G? Um, I think it's because that, that effect you're talking about, I think people just blow out proportion. They've read this effect and they've gone, fuck me, it means. But actually, if you actually look deeper into it, when we spoke about this in the episode, it's the actual content you have. And let's say most people drink uh, caffeinated beverages with like a 500ml can or a full cup of coffee, whereas that's a lot of water in there. It's not just a coffee, it's not just caffeine extract. It's there's, As Tom said, that net effect. So you're never really going to have enough that you're going to dehydrate. I mean, obviously, if you just drank espresso after espresso after espresso, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like one of those old wives' but... tales where eventually if something gets repeated by enough that people, fact, yeah. exactly that, it just becomes fact. But I mean, just to clarify, I mean, the the study we referenced way back early on in the podcast, it was a killer 2014. What a name, killer. Uh, you know, and they basically concluded that uh, the data suggests that coffee, when consumed in moderation by caffeine-habituated males, provides similar hydrating qualities to water. Just to clarify, when they say habitual, 
these people were consuming four times 200 milliliters of coffee. So four cups, 200 milliliters, quite a fair amount, you know, for habitual use. And yeah, they still got like a net hydrate, sorry, a net effect of hydration from the coffee. So just just to give it a bit more, um, like make it more relevant to people. What about um, alcohol? How how does that? That's different, doesn't it? Because that makes you feel dehydrated. And yeah. I think that's because your body's having to use more water to uh, process the alcohol in your uh, liver, isn't it? Because so your body's having to process that, yeah, to flush it out, basically, to put it in layman's terms. Your body's having to use a lot more water, so that's why you get that that extra dehydration because your body's having to use so much more to basically deal with the poison that you put in this alcohol. It's not been obvious, I like a drink, but yeah, let's poison. face it, it is a so poison. that's genuinely yeah. dehydrating, whereas coffee, coffee isn't. Is it potentially? Is it because because of alcohol and it, and that like that process that it has? We have we've just assumed coffee is the same thing. Yeah, well, as as Duncan said, coffee is making you it makes you want to wee more. So, but if you're weeing more, technically you are obviously you know releasing more fluids. But you're you're it's that net it's that net effect. Just because you need to wee a lot doesn't mean if you're you dehydrated. If you fill a jug with water and you only pour half out, you've still got half a you know half a jug of water. <laughs> you know, just because you've poured some out doesn't mean that the whole lot's gone. Is that a good analogy? I think it's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Go with it. If you want more detail on that, I'd go go listen to that podcast because we do go into quite a bit of detail on that whole caffeine dehydration. There's a little bit more to it than what we said. We also talk about the whole shitting and coffee thing as well, which is uh, quite a quite a popular one. Um, has anyone got any points to add? I think we've, we've it's quite an, another long episode. We've got we get into a habit of this now. We've got three episodes um, in the bounce. Um, so there been over an hour. Oh, um, oh no, go on, Andy, Tom. Oh, oh you no, guys. Was... No, go on, mate. But, uh, to, be, um, uh, <laughs> to be fair, Andy, this sounds like something uh, you'll be interested in getting in on as well. So, yeah, look at cannibalcoffee.co.uk and there's uh, loads of different little cool tidbits like how to brew coffee in different ways, etc. Uh, one thing I'm not seeing here is coffee enemas. <laughs> uh, is that something you could do with maximum charge? Is it recommended? I mean... Yeah, you've got to use the the uh, the finished the, the grinds, haven't you? Once you've brewed the coffee, so it's oh, either a body hello. scrub, body scrub, or an enema. You know, which which way do we go? I, enema. I will, 100%. I, will, <laughs> I will give that a go tomorrow and uh, just stand by. <laughs> you might have to update your PDF. <laughs> uh, well, Duncan, it's been a pleasure having you on. I hope the listeners have enjoyed learning all about coffee and some of the benefits of it we'll have all the details and how you can get hold of uh this coffee i mean it be, be warm i mean it's obviously you've got there it's not you don't have to have the strong one do you there is the three, yes, three there's, different there's types, one which it? is um 80 arabica with just 20 percent of those high caffeine robusta okay. beans mixed in so it's just a good yeah okay cool. coffee if you want to be part of the brands good tasting coffee don't want to blow your head off yeah nice yeah definitely oh yeah thanks very much so i quite enjoyed that actually uh i kind of want to try a little bit but not now not now, That's not this time of day. Just give it a little try tomorrow, maybe. Warm up to it, you know what I mean? It's not just coffee, but you've also got a Cannonball coffee rum as well. Mm. Well, um, I don't drink, do I? Boys, I'm my birthday's coming up. <laughs> yeah, but my so birthday's shit, coming up. I'm so sorry, you know, I'm so shit. <laughs> oh, oh, your birthday, is it? Oh, yeah, I wasn't worried about you, Andy. <laughs> I was worried about my birthday coming up. <laughs> Um, but yeah just in regards to the benefits of I'm going to say coffee rather than caffeine because that's how most of us are going to take it um, you know in regards to drinking coffee for performance it shows that it does have an effect on positive effects I want to say not only on like strength in regards to one rep maxes but also strength endurance it also has like a positive effect on DOMS as well 
Um, you know, it can help in regards to weight loss, maybe not in regards to, you know, suppressing appetite, but it can increase your metabolism, your TDEE. Uh, it can also decrease your fatigue. In regards to overall health benefits, <laughs> coffee is just great. There's another way to say it. Coffee is liquid gold. It is magic. And yeah, I, I'm a fan of Cannibal Coffee. You know, number five on Caffeine Informer. In fact, have you actually read what they said on Caffeine Informer? So it's actually little, number one for a little while. It was number one. I mean, it's still number one in the UK. I want to mention that. So just bear in mind, all these other coffee companies in the UK, Cannibal Coffee is number one. Uh, and yeah, it actually says maximum charge, which is the coffee that I'm using, takes the prize for the most caffeinated UK coffee. And it is also close to the world's most dangerous cup in a good way, though. This coffee is available from the Cannibal Coffee Company's website, which we're going to link on our podcast. So on that note, lads, uh, it's been a pleasure as always, and I'll see you again very soon. Thank you very much for having me on. That was a lot of fun. As always, thanks for listening. We certainly learned a lot there in regards to coffee, and we hope you found it as informative as we did. Big takeaways here would be that data has pretty convincingly shown that caffeine is going to be of a big benefit across a range of training modalities. So if you are a gym goer or somebody who exercises regularly and you want that boost in performance, caffeine may help. At the right dose, of course. Data has also shown that coffee itself comes with a large range of potential health benefits. So if you do want to grab some of this coffee, then all the details will be listed down in the show notes. Uh, and if you do grab some of this coffee and you want to show your support for the podcast, then while you're in checkout, use our 10% discount code PRIMAL10. So head to cannibalcoffee.co.uk and use code PRIMAL10 at checkout and enjoy the various benefits that comes with this really powerful, super great tasting coffee. We will see you next week, same time same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.